1: Are you a brand new real estate investor still trying to get your first deal done, but you simply don't have the funding for it? Or are you a wholesaler? You've done some deals, you've collected some assignment fees, but there's some deals you want to stay in, but you can't because you don't have the funding. Or are you a seasoned real estate investor and you just want more funding at super cheap interest rates? If you answered yes to any of those questions, don't go anywhere because I'm getting ready to plug you into the money.  ¶¶ Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast. I'm Jay Connor, your host, also known as the Private Money Authority, and uh, wow, I'm just so excited to have you here as a guest on the show, tuning in, and we've got another amazing show lined up for you today. If you've been tuning in, you know I have amazing guests. Today is no exception, but before I introduce my guest, I have got a absolutely free brand new private money guide that I want to gift to you just by being here listening or watching to the show. And the name of this guide, it's a PDF. You can download it absolutely free. The name of this is seven reasons why private money will skyrocket your real estate business and help you build incredible wealth. If you want funding for your deals, if you want to get started in private money, or you're already using private money, but you want to get cheaper interest rates, you want to download this free guide. I just finished writing it. You can get it at jconner.com, J A Y C O N N E R, dot com, forward slash money guide. That's one word, money guide, G U I D E, money guide. You can download it. You're going to want to get this private money guide. Right after the show. Make sure you make note of that URL and get it. Well, today, my guest is recognized as one of the leading commercial real estate executives, and he is CEO of a company called Navigator CRE. So here's the deal he leads the Navigator SRVS and the CRE operations and deployment teams with a focus on enterprise client success. So he's scaling this company all across the industry. Now, many real estate companies, uh, real estate investors are using like a bunch of outdated systems to view their tenant and property data. So his company, the Navigator CRE, makes analyzing data so much easier by becoming like the central data hub. Now, just in August last year, the company raised over $17 million in funding to get this thing going. Well, my guest, he's got a BA in economics from the University of Texas. My wife, Carol Joy, would love to hear that. Also, has got his MBA in finance and entrepreneurship from Southern Methodist University. I can already tell we got a lot in common. So anyway, he's a noted speaker. He's a noted author, a blogger within the growing prop tech sector. He's spoken at conferences around the world on next generation real estate technologies. Well, when he's not working, which sounds like he's working a lot, but when he's not working, uh, he loves to spend time with his two daughters. He's also an avid athlete and check this out. He's a two-time Ironman triathlete. My guests and I do not have that in common. Nonetheless, I'm so excited to have on the show with me today, Kevin Stoffman. Hello, Kevin. Welcome to the show.
2: Jay, thank you for having me on.
1: My land, you look like an Iron Man.
2: <laughs> I had those, those days. I wish they were still active. But once you, <laughs> once you got two little girls running around and a uh, debate on whether we're going to have a third or not, I don't, <laughs> I don't get to training uh, nearly as much as I wish I could.
1: I hear you, man. So, uh, tell us your backstory. Uh, Give us your autobiographical backstory that led you up to where you are today.
2: Yeah, a pretty traditional route. A few years of investment banking, then an MBA, then management consulting. Never thought I'd run a tech company. I've been in commercial real estate, you know, since I got out of college almost 18 years ago. And uh, where this industry began heading was the largest owners operators data of, of real estate said we need more information. Our investors are asking for it. Our regulators are asking for it. Uh, we need to provide them with information so they continue to give us more money so that we can deploy it uh, across every real estate stage, life cycle, property type, geography. Uh, and so I joined Navigator two and a half years ago as their COO. And as you mentioned, we've raised a bunch of money. Landed some pretty big names, Blackstone, Starwood Capital, Newmark, Prologis. Um, And so we're growing as fast as we can. And now I manage a team of over 50 people.
1: That's awesome. So tell us about your commercial real estate investing uh, experience and career. What kind of deals did you do?
2: Uh, All across the map. So we did some class A office deals that included build-to-suit refinances and capital allocations. We did industrial and logistics deals, which obviously in today's market have accelerated. Uh, We did some market rate multifamily and some student housing, which I remain very bullish on. And um, we've more recently, uh, like the family office that that I advise, have gotten a lot more into single family residential and single family for rent, the SFR space, which it seems like institutional money is now flowing into that space.
1: Gotcha. So when you started in commercial real estate, what were some of your early struggles and challenges? Well,
2: I mean, you know, a little biased here. Right. But access to the right information. Right. It was, you know, what was cost of capital going to look like when we were underwriting a deal, uh, which I know you spent a lot of time with your, your audience, helping them access uh, capital, at a more reasonable rate. Secondly, accurate tenancy information, right? Who was inside the buildings? How much were they paying? What was their credit like? Did they have any delinquency risk or business risk? Uh, And then infrastructure information around the asset. So access, ingress, egress, uh, utilities and maintenance, uh, deferred maintenance inside the building. Uh, And then when COVID happened, and you, you might have investors that have run into this, but are lockdowns or shutdowns or masking orders anything affecting the viability of the real estate access? You know the asset inside of it, and then access to it outside. Of
1: it. I got you. So let's go ahead and drill down on um, Navigator CRE. So sure. uh, break down first for us: what does the CRE stand for? Commercial real estate. There you go. So we're, so we're, we're, we're,
2: we're, we're real, real estate first technology second. Everybody involved in the company was a real estate operator or investor before joining Navigator.
1: Interesting. So let's drill down. What services does your company provide and who is your client?
2: So think of Navigator as a decision acceleration engine at the executive level. So where should we buy? Who should we lease to? How much should we charge? Who is behind on rent? Um, What ESG metrics do we need to track? Um, What other technologies should we integrate with? Uh, How should we optimize our portfolio mix? Uh, How profitable is my best operating partner, my best broker, my best and worst tenant? All of that information, right? it gets stored in a bunch of different places. It could be, in an accounting system it could be as in an enterprise system like Yardi. it could just be in quickbooks it could be in some excel spreadsheet on your computer it could be on a notepad on your desk uh and then there's a bunch of other systems right construction and development information leasing information treasury investor relations esg uh, across the board you have all this data sitting in a bunch of different places and depending on how big your investing operation is, it may just be you as a single person, but you may be representing a larger company that has different departments. Nobody wants to learn each other's tool to manage information. They just want access to that information so we can all collaborate and make decisions quicker. Um, if I know most of your listeners are in the you know, single family residential space and are buying homes and rehabbing them, flipping them, et cetera, uh, think about all the data that goes into what might make you purchase a home what market is it in what are the schools like what are nearby comps what is the floor plan and layout are there additional expansion opportunities in in a master plan community or a different neighborhood what are the hoa dues what is the maintenance like what work orders are outstanding what's the turn time between getting a tenant in and out if they're renting if you're going to try to sell how accurate are, is your estimate versus a Zillow estimate? There's a bunch of different data that you need to have access to in order to act quickly in today's market because you need to bid on a, a deal, sometimes sight unseen when other investors are trying to bid on the same deal. So, the more data you have and the more access to cheap and affordable capital that you have, that you can combine to move quickly, you're going to outperform the market.
1: So, would you say that the Uh, one of the big services that your company provides is helping a real estate investor or a real estate investing firm analyze a deal and help make the decision as to whether you should move forward or not.
2: That's usually step one, right? Is find the right deals before your competitors do. So we have a mapping interface where all the potential properties are on a map. And then you can click on one of those properties and critical information pops up around that, around that office building, industrial warehouse, multifamily complex, single family home, right? Uh, what's important about that asset, right? Uh, when it was built, when it was refurbed, who owns it, who manages it, uh, what the current rent is. Are there any outstanding work orders? Is there any debt attached to the property, et cetera, et cetera, all that information. And then we provide a dashboarding interface. So you can look at various components, of that one property or of an entire portfolio of multiple properties.
1: That's amazing. Well, your, um, your company navigator CRE must be pulling this data from just many multiple sources of information and like compiling it all in one easy to use interface where all of it's right there.
2: I should hire you as my sales guy. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, typically about uh, when we start with a client, it's typically just three or four different sources of data. It could be internal data, it could be market data. But by the time we're done rolling out somebody's full portfolio, especially if they're a big company like Blackstone or Starwood or whatever, uh, we've got 25, 30 different data sources all rolling into the platform.
1: Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money feed their families and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. That's amazing. So, if, if you take a look at your clients across the board, uh, what, what percentage of your clients would you say are like real estate investor like Jay Connor, And, you know, I've got three time, you know, three full time employees and, you know, I'm doing two or three deals a month here in a real little small area versus, you know, some huge company. What, what's that mix look like?
2: Yeah, it's it's about an 80/20 mix where the 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 bulk of our customers are larger enterprises and that's because the larger the portfolio, the more complex your tech stack's going to look like. You you know, if you're managing a bunch of different properties, you're pulling data from a lot of different places. If you are, you know, doing everything in Microsoft Excel and QuickBooks and you're able to manage that business, with just those two systems and your employees are reporting to you information when you need it and you have good relationships with, you know, private capital um, sources that that are good with just that information, you probably don't need Navigator, right? Although I'm willing to meet with anybody and, and, and provide advice and discuss what you should and should not be using. The, the the bigger and more complex you get, the the more quicker and easier the value prop for a company like Navigator.
1: I got you. So Kevin, I'm going to switch gears on you big time right now. Um, I am, uh, I'm all about mindset. Um, You know, what is it? What are are the characteristics and traits of an individual that really drive them to succeed? Um, And, you know, there's commonalities uh, among successful entrepreneurs. There's commonalities among you know, CEOs and COOs of companies, so um, sort of hitting you here from left field. Um, so just speak from your heart and you'll do great. First of all, what and, and don't worry about being shy here, not that you are, but what would you say it is? What characteristics, personality traits, disciplines, etc., do you personally see in yourself that has? Gotten you to where you are today. I mean, what is it about Kevin that that, you know, has got you in that CEO seat? Uh, and my guess is some of those personality and characteristics would be transferable over to the entrepreneur. But what is it that that got you to where you are and keeps you there?
2: Well, it I'll, I guess I'll start with, you know, when I was in grade school, right? A lot of it has to do with environment. So uh, I had a lot of friends that were business motivated and entrepreneurial. My family also um, started a couple businesses themselves and seeing the freedom, the autonomy, uh, and even though there were a lot of ups and downs, the financial success when things went right, that was extremely exciting to me from a young age. So that helped me be motivated into what What could I do to eventually uh, be at a decision maker level at an enterprise where I had some ownership, where I had some equity? That was a big drive. Secondly, I've always been very, very physically active. And I can tell you that um, when you're a a physically active person, that energy level also bleeds into work ethic and, and work schedule. So I've always been a fairly high energy person, that, that matters a lot. And I can tell when I have periods in my life where I become a little more apathetic or lethargic, that affects everything, right? That affects family life, that affects work life, that affects social life. And so the quicker I can get back to being physically active uh, and, and bring that energy level up, I'm a more productive person. And I'm I'm a better C-level executive. Um, Lastly, just, that aspirational lifestyle right that you can you can always tell the 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 mental and psychological feelings that you get when you close a deal or when you have a good interaction with somebody in a meeting or at an event or a conference people that are often pretty extroverted are attracted to this type of lifestyle um if you don't get a, a dopamine hit when you interact with a prospect and have a good discussion or when you close a deal or when you're at an event and someone shows interest, then entrepreneurship may not be right for you. You need that motivation of, of dealing with people because people get deals done.
1: Awesome. Um, do you have a morning routine? I do.
2: I do. Uh, so it's changed a little bit with with the kids. They, they've they affected the, the, the time clock, but... I always get up and I do something just called getting your 50 uh, and people are think, what, what, what does that mean? Uh, before my day starts and before my kids get up, regardless of what I did the night before or full disclosure, right? How hungover I may or may not be, uh, especially if I'm, I'm on the road at a conference and we go out the night before I wake up every morning and I do 50 push-ups, 50 air squats, and 50 sit-ups. no matter how I'm feeling that, that routine. And by the way, it took about five months with a lot of false starts before I was able to make that into a habit a few years ago. But now every morning, 365 uh, I do that routine and that is less for the physical component and what it does for my body, but it's more for the mental component of, I've been awake for 15 minutes and I've already accomplished something. And my kids aren't even awake. And now I'm like, I have a different mindset going into the day. So when I wake up with my kids, I'm in a good mood because I'm already active. That gets contagious into their minds, no matter how much they slept. Uh, and then I, I get them to school and then I, I start my day.
1: That's awesome. And I can relate to you there, Kevin. I um, My thing is StairMaster. StairMaster is my thing. And I actually have an actual StairMaster. All right. <laughs> With, with the original computer thing on there that still works and it's got the chain. And, um, oh, it was wow. my first, my first thing I bought on the internet like 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it makes all the difference in the world when that blood flow is going, I get some of my best creative ideas when I'm not even working on anything. I'm just in the zone and I'm just doing it, you know, and i mean the 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 creativity is flowing and maybe something that i've been working on just pops up you know uh, just in my mind and i wasn't even trying you know to find the answer for it and um, so yeah that's i get where you're coming from on starting your day um, one other
2: thing i would add there is i used to be a guy that needed media all the time right i didn't want to do any activity that wasn't um you know, accompanied by like some sort of podcast, which I still find super valuable. Like when I'm doing laundry, I, AirPods are in and I'm listening to it like, you know, a Jay Conner podcast. But the one area where I don't do that is in the shower after I work out and start my day. I like, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I know a lot of people do that as their morning routine and that more power to you. But sometimes I just need uh, time and space where I'm not distracted by work or family, other people to let, my ideas flow and I find the shower to be the best place to just let my mind wander for 10, 15 minutes before my day gets gone.
1: That's awesome. Well, you know, us entrepreneurs and the CEOs and the COOs, the highly driven people. Uh, one thing that I have a challenge with, and I've got a lot of friends that have a challenge with it, and that is having balance in your life, not working every second, because quite honestly, I don't even view my work as work. It's like, it's what I do. It's like who I am. It's what I do, right? And um, so how do you bring in and keep balance in your life?
2: So this might not be the best uh, answer, depending on what personality type you are as a listener, but I actually have my assistant schedule time in my calendar that can't be double booked with work stuff. And it's typically an hour hour, in the early evening uh, of each weekday, so I can spend time with my kids around dinner and bath time so that we can all bond together. And then uh, a half day on the weekend, either on a Saturday or on a Sunday, depending on our social schedule, where nothing, um, people can't ping me. I'm on do not disturb so that I can really spend time with family and, and more importantly, just get outside uh, and, and enjoy nature. That having that every single week and having a little component every single day keeps it to where I don't get burned out.
1: That's awesome. Uh, There's a phrase that I coined. I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but I think I did. Anyway, one thing that I've said for years is that successes are scheduled. Successes just don't happen. And I'm not much of a believer in a to-do list. I say, take your to-do list and get it on your calendar so it's scheduled. And the reason that comes to my mind, Kevin, is not only is success scheduled, but part of success is having that balance in your life, right? And 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 if you don't get it scheduled, it sounds like you learned from experience. It just might get filled up uh, with some other stuff that did not include your family and and what we call actually relaxation and downtime. Do you, how far in advance do you schedule vacations?
2: Uh, it's either very very far in advance, you know, four or five months, or it's extremely last minute, like <laughs> you know, three or four hours. <laughs> Oftentimes, so what I used to do when I was early on being an executive five or six years ago, I would try to do this thing where I I looped on an extra couple days to a work trip or a conference and I'd, you know, bring uh, my wife up there and we would like try to make it work. And I'd be like, oh, look, work's paying for the travel. This makes it help. This helps vacation. What I learned is we couldn't really truly enjoy the vacation because work was on my mind or we were in a city that we just, we made it work because it was convenient. We've completely changed that up. And now we fairly far in advance plan a a trip to somewhere we might not typically go to. And we spend enough time to where we can really dive into the culture and enjoy it.
1: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Kevin, I appreciate you um, taking your filter off and, uh, and actually, and actually sharing some of that inside stuff Uh, with our listeners. So Kevin, I know we got listeners that want to continue the conversation with you. They want to contact you. They want to learn more about your company's uh, service. So uh, how can people continue the conversation with you?
2: Yeah, just reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Kevin Stoffman. that my title's up there. And you can also check out our company, navigatorcre.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions you may have, uh, whether you do or do not become a client. I love talking to people.
1: Well, that's wonderful. So for those of you that are listening, uh, let me spell that for you. If you're looking for Kevin on LinkedIn, that's Kevin, K-E-V-I-N. His last name is spelled S-H-T as in Tom, O-F is in farmer, M-A-N. Again, that's S-H-T-O-F-M-A-N. And of course, you can um, locate him at his website, navigatorcre.com. Final comments, Kevin?
2: Oh, just go out there, continue to be motivated. Success breeds success. Have a good time.
1: That's awesome. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to staying in touch, my friend. Thanks for having me. There you have it, folks. Another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast, Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. And we really appreciate uh, your reviews and your feedback. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, be sure and ring that bell, top that bell, tap that bell, so you're notified uh, every time we come on with another episode. So we look forward to seeing you here on the next uh, Real Estate Investing with Jay Conner. I'm Jay Conner, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. Here's to taking your business to the next level, and we'll see you right here on the next Private Money Academy podcast. Mm